G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 123 of the Outback Mind podcast. joining in have a very special episode today with a lady by the name of Kylie Upton. Now Kylie Upton is a Kundalini yoga teacher. Kundalini yoga is an amazing practice which helps us manage our nervous system, manage our energy, all these amazing things that we're sort of looking outside ourselves for. Um, I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher to, uh, to a teacher myself and i um, I yeah I cannot speak highly enough about what it can actually do for our physical and mental well-being. The practice is uh, is amazing. Um, it has so much potential to be able to improve uh, mental well-being for a lot of Australians because of the uh, the careers that uh, that are taught through Kundalini Yoga, the meditation practices that are taught through uh, taught through Kundalini Yoga, but also the the holistic life experiences in life um, pathways that uh, that can be sort of formed by. Uh, I suppose having routine, doing things consistently so you can become more aware of your emotions but also manage your nervous system uh, more functionally and your energies uh, more functionally. So we seem to look outside ourselves for energy consistently but um, we have the ability to be able to tap into our innate knowing uh, internally by doing practices which keep us uh, in rhythm and Kundalini Yoga is such a, an amazing practice which actually helps the body and mind work coherently and, uh, and in alignment. So Kylie's going to talk a lot about that today, what it's actually done for her as an individual um, and also what she's doing to help others through the practice and why she's so passionate about it, I guess, which is um, really important. She's one of the most beautiful people that I, that I know. She actually absolutely loves what she does. She's really heart-based and uh, wants to try and help others um, know with uh, with a practice that um, that's changed her life considerably and uh, through what she's teaching others she's changing many lives so I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation I really encourage you to share it with others um, that may find it helpful I'm sure many will so appreciate you listening in just want to make special mention to our primary partners Green Nutritionals who provides uh, organic superfoods so if you're lacking something in your diet please uh, check out their website they source their products from the best locations around the world and uh, there's no synthetics and so forth in them like uh, traditional supplements so really uh, love their products please check them out greennutritionals.com.au also if you're looking in work uh, sorry looking for work in uh, WIR Queensland or you're looking to employ someone please um, check out MacForce Australia who are basically a really ethical heart-based employer and um, they're really doing what they can to give back to humanity so I really want you to support them if you can if you're looking for a job or you're looking to employ someone that's macforce m-a-c-f-o-r-c-e.com.au Alrighty, please enjoy this conversation uh, listen intently might take a couple of times to uh, to go back over it and uh, let things sink in but uh, yeah certainly uh, reach out to Kylie after the chat I'm sure she'd love to speak with you and uh, check out the power of Kundalini Yoga welcome to the Outback Mind podcast Kylie Thank you for having me, Aaron. How are you? Yeah, very well. Absolute pleasure to be here. You're one of my favourite people and um, I'm sure we're going to have uh, a great conversation which will help a lot of people out there. So I'm really, uh, really proud of you and what you've done and what you're doing with, to uh, to help others through, you know, your passion and, and Kundalini Yoga. So I couldn't think of a better person to uh, 
have come on the podcast to teach or not so much teach but just uh, guide some people out there that might be looking to bring something into their lives which may help their uh, physical and mental well-being so thank you for being here my pleasure thank you again and um, that's very sweet i appreciate it no worries now can you, can you tell us a bit about your life like you're, you're you're the same age as me just i'm a little bit older which is um which is um, uh, pretty scary because I turned 50 in two days. <laughs> but anyway, I do feel better than what I did when I was 20. But anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's because I practice Kundalini Yoga. I think that's probably a, a fair bit to do with it. But can you, can you help uh, the listeners understand a bit about yourself with regards to, you know, where you were brought up and, and sort of, you know, where your life sort of went with regards to, you know, getting into the workforce and what sort of brought you into the, the passions that you, you're into now? Mm. Well, firstly, happy birthday for <laughs> turning 50 ah. in, in two days' time and many happy returns and you are in good shape and um, I, I think you, you can easily reach 100 108, I think, is the um, the number that they gave me. So we'll just see what happens. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'll get there, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll see, but um, all the best with that. Well, <laughs> so I, I will turn 50 in April next year. And, um, and similarly, I feel probably fitter, happier, healthier, more balanced than I did when I was in my 20s as well. I think with with age comes more self-awareness and more self-assurance and you, you learn how to live in this earth suit, don't you, as time goes by and how to look after it, how to maintain it. And, and similarly, in the Kundalini yoga tradition, you know, we talk about the 10 bodies. So we're given this earth suit that's the fifth body um, but it's only one of the bodies. We also have to harness the ability and the skill set to maintain our minds, our soul, our spirit. And um, I don't know many young people that that are rocking it. I, I see more people our vintage that that have the skill set and the wisdom and the experience to live a more meaningful, well-balanced life. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And, and we'll talk more about that. Like we, when we sort of, you know, go through our teens and 20s and 30s and so forth, I believe, well, firstly, our brain's still developing until we're sort of 25. But, you know, we, we don't really pay a lot of attention and respect to um, to what's, you know, what what's needed to be able to function well as a human. You know, we, we sort of lose touch uh with ourselves uh, early on, our emotional intelligence. And, um, you know, we sort of, we look outside ourselves for all the answers, but really, as you know, all the answers are, are you know, brought to you if you actually like, you know, turn inward and find that within yourself. And I just think that they're the skills that we probably need to start learning when we're younger, because it could actually help our consciousness and awareness as we, as we do get older. And then we don't sort of seem to make the mistakes like a lot of people do when they're, you know, their 20s and 30s and so forth, they're able to be more balanced and grounded and self-aware. Would you agree? Yeah, I do. And um, I I would love for more meditation, more yoga, more mindfulness, 
more mind-body-spirit connections to be in Western schools. I know in many parts of the East, it's these children are given these tools as, as they grow up. And it, I, I know I would have got more out of that than trigonometry. <laughs> yeah, or algebra. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I was born, speaking of children, and, and I am certified actually to, to teach Kundalini Yoga, Aaron, to children, and I, and I call that Kidalini. Mm. And it's a joy and a blessing to, to bring this Kundalini Yoga technology to our youth. They love the sound element and uh, we do a lot of mudra and chanting with our youth and I think I get more joy and pleasure than the children out of a 60-minute class, Mm. to be honest. And um, I always leave thinking you just don't know what seeds you've planted in those young, fertile minds. Yes, agree. It's amazing and... Yeah, some of the fondest memories I have of uh, of teaching yoga myself have been to you know kids year year um, ten to twelve that are really stressed through the uh, education system and just watching them change over an hour or an hour and a half you know in front of you and then be really grateful for that. I think that's 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 the heart based um, you know teachings we need to be able to help um, others uh, come to so they can be more more aware of of, of their you know, their emotions and understand when they're getting stressed and tense, uh, how to regulate that, I suppose, too, is a really important tool to, to, to help others understand. It absolutely is. I wish I had learnt that as a child. Um, so I didn't answer your question earlier, and I apologise. I was born on the Sunshine Coast in <laughs> Queensland, and uh, my parents had eight children all together. They had two sons. They both died, unfortunately, as infants. And I... So today I have five sisters, and I'm sort of in the middle. I'm number four. So I have three older sisters and two younger sisters. And most of my sisters have actually come along to Kundalini yoga classes or workshops, which is amazing. I love having them there. And... um, They've been ever so supportive and one of my sisters just shared with me when she was down on Sunday for the COVID workshop that I offered, she said that she had been talking to my niece, who's also my goddaughter, I love her so much, and she said, how did Annie Kylie get into Kundalini yoga? I mean, I always remember her being corporate, high-powered, high-heeled, always on a plane, (laughs) Burberry coats, fancy handbags, expensive cars and rocking it. And now she just gets around in in active wear and a turban. (laughs) That's it, white stuff, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's that's a gift in its essence, yeah. Go ahead. So so that that was my life, actually, and... um, I still have a corporate job, uh, but I do that my way, and I, I still love my corporate job. That hasn't changed. I've been a hospital equipment rep for 22 years, and um, I've always loved travelling a lot domestically and internationally and working in hospitals, and be, uh, uh, without tooting my own horn, I did become uh, acknowledged as being an expert in my field, and, and I love my job intensely. 
But what changed was um, on a personal level, I, I got sick. And it's usually the reason when we're um, faced with our mortality or a health challenge that we turn to something different. And if we think, well, what I've been doing hasn't been working, what else should I try? And I'm sure you see this a lot as well. A lot of people turn to more natural, more holistic alternative um, therapies or, or options. Why do we call it alternative when it was always historically all, all human beings ever had? Mm. So, um, yeah, I started, I fell into Kundalini Yoga by starting a meditation that you know intimately. It's Kirtan Kriya, and I think you practiced Kirtan Kriya for a thousand days, so you are the master. <laughs> but um, I, I had a problem with poisoning and neurotoxins. It was mercury poisoning from some dental work, and cognitively, I was I was very very badly impaired, and I just stumbled across this Kirtan Kriya, which. Um, cleanses the heavy metals from the brain, it balances the left and right hemispheres of the brain, it develops the frontal lobe, kicked out the heavy metals that had been dormant at the limbic part of my brain and, and I was very blessed, I was able to recover. Mm. And then I was very curious why did that meditation work when I had tried so many other things and I kept on with a certain protocol I was I was very healthy and very disciplined but doing this meditation Aaron for 40 days it, it just it was the kicker it was the turning point for my recovery and um and I've just been very enthralled and grateful to kundalini yoga ever since mm, incredible i will we'll divert off a little bit but um that particular practice what are, what you're doing for people listening is you're bringing in energy in from above the head into the into the center of the brain and then out through uh, the eyebrows basically it sounds pretty technical but um what it's basically doing is it's helping you engage both hemispheres and you're using a sound and a mantra which um which helps the the vibration and, and through that vibration you will have um shifts in your neural pathways primarily and uh and if you do this repetitively then you'll start to reprogram and reframe um the way that the, the mind's actually working it's it's very powerful and very simple and um, one thing i was going to ask you did you did you find it was hard to keep concentrating on, on what you were doing without your mind wandering off when you first began that? I absolutely did, yes. And I had used, I had always thought that I wasn't great at meditation. But as I said, when, when what you're doing isn't working, then it's time to try something else. And, and I was at a point, Aaron, where I felt I had nothing to lose. Mm. So, and everything to gain. And um, the facilitator, which was Carrie Ann Moss, that beautiful actress, she, she didn't really go into the science or the depths or the intricacy of what the meditation was or how it would work. She just guided you through it for 11 minutes. Um, well, first she started with seven minutes and then after a few days she increased the duration of the Kirtan Kriya to 11 minutes. And I struggled. Yes, I absolutely did. I thought 
because um, I was having trouble connecting dots and following trains of thoughts and I would easily become very, very overwhelmed. And yet I could do the mudra, I could do the hand position and component by component I would piece together the meditation over those few minutes a day. Mm. So I would master the mudra and cycle through pressing my thumb alternately to the different pads of the fingers. Mm. And then I learnt to include the mantra, like you said. And then finally I could manage the visualisation of the light coming through the crown of the head and out through the brow point. So... Over a couple of days, all of the facets of this meditation um, came together and by, say, day five or six, I managed to keep up. Then she said, now we're doing 11 minutes. And I thought, oh, my God, I just, I just learned to manage the seven minutes. But she stretched us, which was perfect for me. And then by the time the 11 minutes, the 11 minutes for 11 days, was finished, she invited you to continue on and complete that same meditation for 40 days, which, mm. which I was willing to do because already I had experienced profound benefits. Mm. The mental fog cleared. I stopped stuttering. My recall had started to improve and the overwhelm started to dissipate. Mm. And um, I, was, I was beyond, beyond pleased beyond grateful mm, incredible um yeah look isn't it so beautiful that uh, that someone could have that there could have been reliance on pharmaceuticals or um or, or other interventions you know had the ability to be able to come to something which uh, had the power to, to to change their lives but you should be proud of yourself because it took courage for you to be able to to explore something which was different and a lot of people might think this is weird but very simply, like you know, if you if you touch your thumb on on each finger, uh, you know we have four fingers. So if you touch the end of your thumb on on the end of each of your fingers, you will, if you're silent and pay attention, you'll actually feel something going on in your brain. Uh, there, there, yeah. there is a shift that goes on when you actually touch the thumb and the index finger and the middle finger and the ring finger and so forth together. Um, yeah. yeah, so that, that, that is a science in itself that we don't understand. And we have all these parts of our body which, um, which trigger different things in the mind, which, uh, you know, done repetitively can, can help healing. And, um, um, you know, you were able to clear a lot of the blockages that you had just by doing something like this. But again, you know, you need to be proud of yourself for, for, for persisting and actually, um, you know, exploring with uh, curiosity what this might actually do. And I just think that... That in its essence, if you're open rather than closed and being judgmental is such a powerful thing because then you allow the healing to come in rather than push it away. Would you agree? I absolutely do. And um, that I love music so much, that really helped. And when I realised that many of the Kundalini meditations are accompanied by music and the Kundalini musicians are so fantastic and they meld the mantras into beautiful rhythms and and chords and mm. sound currents. I think that makes the meditations a whole lot easier mm. and more enjoyable. And 
I still become quite emotional when I practice Kirtan Kriya today, Aaron, just because I love it so much and I'm, I'm so grateful to it. And I've often attracted practitioners and beginners and new students to my classes and they share with me, oh, I've just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or I've got a spot on my brain. I had a scan, it's not looking good. And I've also got a student that suffers from multiple sclerosis and she has lesions on her brain. So that there are instances of when I will prescribe Kirtan Kriya. I'll share that meditation with them and say, look, this is fantastic. Give it a go. We've got nothing to lose. I'll do it with you. And it has proven that it arrests Alzheimer's, it arrests dementia, it can, it can stall mental decline. Lesions on the brain can be um, cleared up with this fantastic meditation. And so I, I love to share my story with practitioners and get them to give it a go for themselves and just experience it. And like you say, it does take courage. And for the ones that do give it a go, I'm always so proud and always so excited to hear their experience. Mm, amazing. And, and, you know, thinking of it as you're speaking then, like that's just one, one practice in Kundalini Yoga that someone that can do, but there's so many different practices they have to, um, to overcome addiction and overcome, you know, to help aid the aging process and, and all these sorts of things, um, you know, to be able to stay vibrant and, you know, um, we have our radiant body to keep your radiant body active and, uh, all those sorts of things that we, we're not really familiar with in Western society. And um, you, you've obviously done a bit of work with people with addictions. Uh, have you seen any real results with regards to that? I know it's something you're, you're pretty passionate about. I, I do love to work um, with people suffering from addiction or who have addictive personalities. There's many, many careers and um, fantastic meditations that we use really is as yogic therapy with them and yeah I have I can honestly say that I have seen um, practitioners who have stuck with it it's rinse and repeat it's not necessarily do a meditation once and expect mm. all of um, your personalities your habits your traits your tendencies to disappear kundalini works fast but um, you stick with it we do everything for typically 40 days 90 days 120 days or a thousand days mm. and in my experience sharing technologies for people with addictive personalities i've heard some amazing results and you've got to find a sweet spot if the same meditation worked for me aaron that that healed an addictive behavior in me it may not work in the same way for the next practitioner so generally, when I've worked consistently over time, there's been a few different meditations that we've tapped on. And I always remember one guy, he's an athlete, he's fantastic. He he was doing the addiction meditation. It's That's its colloquial name or its technical name is meditation for medical habituation. I had him doing that for three minutes a day and he thought, mm, that's okay. 
but he was distracted. And then I prescribed another meditation called Gampuri Clear Meditation. Well, he loved that. It was He's a very active guy. And he, rather than mentally vibrating the mantra, in the next meditation I prescribed, he had to chant it out loud, verbally. And he seemed to like that a whole lot more. And he, he then we got some traction. Mm, incredible. Because he, uh, he had a connection with it, I think, it's really important. Um, you know, he actually found... He, the, I, I suppose a big thing with humans is we've got to be... We've got to be able to connect with something and then we've got to be able to enjoy it, I suppose, at the same time too. But also with addictions, you know, we've got to be able to challenge ourselves to be able to, you know, reframe the way the mind's working. And and I think some of these practices are really good at doing that. Um, It just sort of diverts the way the mind's working and not sort of getting stuck in in one part of the brain, which is sort of leading us back to those... um, possibly self-destructing behaviours some, at some times. Would you agree? I do. I absolutely agree with that. And also the intent, why why we start a particular meditation um, with a specific outcome or a goal in mind. I always encourage uh, myself and my students to, to just go in with an open mind because... What I've also learned with with these practices, Aaron, is you never know how it's going to affect you or impact on you. Mm. And what I mean by that is I think of a time back in 2018 when I went to a workshop, my teacher shared uh, another really popular Kriya, a set called Subar Kriya. Mm. Five exercises, three minutes each. She, she said, this is a prosperity and abundance meditation or Kriya, and, and I love it. She said, I've seen miracles with my students who have practiced this for 40 days. Mm. So we'll give it a go. She said, I don't define prosperity or abundance as just money. She said, it could be better communication with your partner, more time with your children, more time or better access to nature. She said, prosperity or abundance, it's it's not just money. So give it a go and I encourage you to do it for 40 days, see what happens. At no point did I really make any intention or ask for a specific outcome. But I did know, I did feel, I did connect with this Kriya whilst we were practicing it, I thought, oh, I love this. It's, there's some whistling, there's some uh, chanting, there's some vigorous arm movements, mm. um, interesting mudra, and I thought, this is fantastic. I mean, I am going to do this for 40 days. Well, without any expectation, by 12, day 12, I stopped drinking alcohol. Really? That was not my intention. I did. I couldn't drink it. I couldn't be near it. I didn't want it. I did drink on day 12, and I remember it vividly. It was Gold Coast Show Day, and I finished work early that day, and I had my usual, typical two glasses of wine. I was cleaning out the pantry and pottering around the house, and the impact of these two glasses of wine on me, which 
I would typically have every other day, it poisoned me. Mm. I was violently, violently ill. My children still remember it vividly. And I woke up the next day and something in me had shifted dramatically, undeniably. I've never drunk alcohol since. Mm. And it's... It is remarkable because in my lineage, ancestrally, I come from a very stoic line of alcoholism. Mm, mm. There's alcoholism on both sides of my family, my paternal and my maternal side, mm. and it goes back a very long way. Mm, mm, mm. And so, you know, we talk a lot about clearing karma and clearing ancestral binds and ties in the kundalini tradition as well and for whatever reason however it worked i didn't argue with it because for me to have set an intention i want to stop drinking maybe i wouldn't have had the same outcome i was just open-minded and open-hearted and it was a, a wonderful result for me and my family is still shocked this day that that I don't drink and it's been over five years mm, unbelievable and that wasn't something that you set out uh, intentionally to do it was just something that that shifted in you and and, and, and I know myself um, what actually happens uh, you know as far as shifting emotions or addictions or whatever that may be blockages through through these practices, like they're, they're ancient practices which are much needed, needed for modern times primarily. But, but you know, what can actually happen uh, in, in Kundalini Yoga, it's called JAP. So repeat, if you're repeating something consistently, um, you know, how that can just re, reframe you uh, physically and mentally. And um, yeah, I've seen firsthand the power of what, what can actually happen. And, you know, just to, to divert a little bit, like my... My interest in Kundalini Yoga sort of came from, you know, I got engaged with my physical body through through fitness and then into meditation through Buddhism, so that helped the mind, and then sort of into traditional yoga. But then Kundalini Yoga sort of got drawn to me. I was I was sort of not looking for it, just sort of found me. And um, um, after, after the first class I did, it was in New York. It was Sadhana early. Uh, I felt like, better than I'd ever felt in my whole life and I was 40 maybe 45 then 46 just felt like incredible like I was I was floating on a cloud um and you know I had a real thirst for it then I kept going back uh, every morning uh, to Golden Bridge Yoga in New York and um they were doing things like chanting and physical postures and all that and I was pretty fit so I found that you know I wouldn't say easy but it was it was also really challenging because it was different than what I'd done but um, the um, like the vibration of, of the gong and and the uh, the sound and, and all those sorts of things doing this early in the morning can really reset you it did for me anyway it was uh, it was incredible and uh, you know I was, I was lucky when I came back to, to Australia I um, I just happened to stumble across it again and I just think it really found me and I just think when you're ready the teacher will appear as you know like the, the, the right, the right things come into your life at the right time and, and this is such a, an amazing thing that, that people may not consider or explore because it's not really common here in Australia. It's only probably been around for maybe, oh, geez, well, Guru Jeevan's been in here for a, for a fair while but it's not hasn't been really popular until the last maybe five or ten years but particularly for females, it's, it's more uh, participated than males but I've seen 
you know, tremendous shifts in, in guys that, um, that have been able to explore this. And, you know, I would not have come to it because I was, you know, very masculine primarily. So um, for me to actually be vulnerable and, uh, and open myself up to learning something new took a lot of courage um, without tooting my own horn, as you said before. But um, I just think for a man, uh, primarily, we've got to be open to change. And this is a pathway that, um, that can really facilitate that change if you... Um, if you do put yourself in a position where you can uh, experience or, you know, go, go towards experiencing something new. So agreed. And I, and I love that story. And um, I, I hear it and see it regularly. I don't feel that anybody does find Kundalini Yoga, Aaron. I think Kundalini Yoga finds them and, and only when you are ready. And it, it, you feel something. Everybody that I know that has stuck with Kundalini Yoga and has become a regular practitioner, they always remember their first class and, and are always struck by how beautiful the practice is, how challenging it is, but it's results or outcomes based. They feel something. Mm-hmm. Agree. Do you know, you talk about beautiful. The girl at New York... Um, when I went into the studio there, like she like just floated to the counter and she had this like had a turban on, but she had this like bright light and aura around her. So that I just saw this complete beauty um, that I'd never seen in a human being before, um, mm. you know. And and I just I believe that that's available to all of us if, because she's been doing a practice like this for for so long. She's really radiating, and you know, I've seen guys that are that are similar. They're they're, they're really vibrant and radiating because. You know, the, the whole system is working coherently, um, you know, and, and I guess we're, we're always out of balance consistently in life. Like modern society is always trying to take us out of balance with some of the, the things that we're experiencing now and, and also, you know, the, the lifestyles we've got. If we can bring harmony back in again, um, physically and mentally, then we sort of can maybe take control. And that's why I think the, these sorts of practices are so you know unique and powerful and they can help humans take their power back and that's why this stuff was not so much developed but i just think it's the science of humanology really at the end of the day like there's no blueprint to be a human um uh, you know and, and kundalini yoga is not a religion or anything like that uh it's just a, a foundational practice which brings everything together you know, functionally, physically, immensely, diet, all those sorts of things which um, can help you be more whole as a human. And I just think that's that's something that's worth exploring if, if someone out there is listening to this and they may be wanting to reach their potential, they may be struggling with something physically, immensely, to be able to explore something that's new like this can really um, you know, be a, a game changer in helping them you know, shift what it is that they want to shift in their lives. Absolutely, especially males. Females uh, are usually uh, in classes, but I don't know about you or your experience, but I don't see as many males, and probably for the reason that, that you shared. But what I can tell you is the males that that regularly come to my classes or I see in other teachers' classes, they're very, um, they seem very at home in class. They've given it a go. It's unusual. It's a different type of yoga, but they are benefiting from it. And um, it 
it's a unique kind of yoga, I think, Aaron, because it's both yang and yin. Mm. It's both. It's very balanced. Would you agree? Yeah, I do. I do. Like, this is how this is how balanced it is, Kylie. Like, um, yesterday morning, as you know, I've, I've been doing Kree for Elevation, and... Um, I did that, and then I did meditation after that. And then I, like in uh, in Kundalini Yoga for the people listening, they have what's called sadhana. So at the end of sadhana, you lie down and you rest, so your body can just you know recalibrate. And I just felt all the cells in my body vibrating, and I put a blanket over me, and uh, I fell asleep. And um, anyway, I thought I was dreaming. I could hear this knock on the door saying Aaron, Aaron. I thought, no, nah, that's, that's, that's not right. But anyway, I'd organised this girl to come around and do a private, private yoga class with me and um, I forgot all about it because I fell asleep. But that, that, that's pretty rare for me to do that. Um, so I, I was really grateful because I was so relaxed and, and I needed that, you know. Um, mm. I really needed that. But I just think that's available to us on a, on a daily basis, you know. Um, and I just think that's what we need to do as humans to be able to, 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 to get grounded. I think if we can get grounded every morning and that's why, you know, sadhana is, is so important because it actually gives you time to turn inward and, and feel yourself again, you know, and, and just really uh, be your own master. You know, understand that the universe is inside you, you know, really at the end of the day. And we, we have these amazing things going on in our body, but we're so oblivious to it, you know, like... When was the last time that you looked at your, you know, your right toe or your left toe and just seen, seen what, it, what it's actually doing and what it's looking like and all these parts of our body which are all playing a role um, that we just don't, um, that we ignore, you know. And I just think if you can turn inward more, um, you know, and really um, the first step is to, to explore but also end, end up in a state of self-love where you actually like really... Uh, appreciate everything about yourself and everything that's working for you rather than taking that for granted that's a huge thing for a guy to do to be able to like be self-accepting and then be self-nurturing uh, for example but also take that to a place of self-love and that's something that I battle with you know like um, the ego will always kick in and, and that too uh, in many ways but yeah if you can just settle into the body and the mind and, and let it do its thing it's amazing what can happen. It's so lacking at the moment, isn't it? And um, and in the beginning, when people come to my classes, they'll realise in class how disconnected they are from their mind mm. or their body mm. or their spirit. So when you do connect with it, you realise how disconnected you have been from it. Mm. Mm. Agree. That's true, but it, I, yeah. Well, I was just, sorry, um, I'm just going to interrupt. Like, why is it that we're so afraid to do that? Why are we so afraid to connect to our body and our mind and our spirit? Mm. I think um, it goes back to our culture, our lack of focus on this in our education system. Mm in the West, mm. um, probably social media uh, has a lot to do with it now. Um, my teacher says the three C's are comparison, criticism and complaining. Yes. I think that disconnects us from ourselves. So... 
I think it's just a sign of the times. And with COVID, what I will say over the last two years, what I've witnessed is everything has amped up. It's been amplified. And a lot of us have really seen how disconnected we are. And when the old patterns, the old treadmill, the living in the rat race, the old daily patterns have fallen away and everything has been shaken up. Mm. Our lifestyles have changed and with a lot of talk currently about mandated vaccination, Aaron, people are very aware. I don't want that in my body, for example. Mm. Mm. Or they've got their faced with the decision about whether or not they want to go down that pathway and if they don't, what that means for their livelihood. Mm. On a positive note, I'm grateful that a lot of people are going within and really looking at their lifestyle choices. And I've got one friend, for example, that will have to... She'll be, she'll be stood down. She's tried to resist mandatory vaccination, but she'll be stood down from her... It's a 32-year career. Mm. And she's thinking of doing something alternative, holistic, full-time. So she's really gone deep. She's been very... She's a kundalini yogi, Mm. and she's gone very deeply into her practice. And she's ready to make significant changes in her life. She won't have the same salary, presumably. You never know, because I always believe that the universe provides. But... Um, people are starting to make significant lifestyle changes. So watch this space. Mm, yeah, well said. I agree. You know, you know, Kylie, you're right. Like we we are I talk about this a lot, but we are educated to support the economy. But once you come home again to the truth, you know your own truth and the truth of what's you know here for us, then then your whole pathway changes and, and that abundance which we once thought come from financial things is actually created in other ways or it's always there for us we're just unaware of it and um to be able to um you know to access that uh, i just think yeah like, like getting back to sadhana and the early morning practice if you can come home to yourself every day then everything else you know opens up you know everything really opens up for you and um I know when I'm in that calm, coherent, natural state, like just how everything around me is the same. You know, everything I see it in, uh, in a person or uh, an animal or whatever. If they can see that within you, then they, that that that's the heart speaking, isn't it? That radiance can really come um, from from a distance. People can sense that in you. You know, um, I know uh, when I walk into a prison now, I, I feel calm and grounded. I don't feel. Um, I don't feel agitated or I don't feel, um, uh, you know, I need to defend myself, uh, you know, and, and people people pick up on that. And that's so important, you know, for, for us to, to learn these skills as an individual or for a leader or anyone that, you know, you, you're actually in contact with other human beings or beings in general to find that sense of calmness, which is our real natural state. You know, it was always there when we were young. We just sort of got distracted from that and lost from that because of the tension and so forth that gets put upon us. But it's still there, you know. we just got to have the tools to be able to access that. And that's why I think Kundalini Yoga is, is so good because it actually provides those tools to be able to get back to that state again. Without that that daily practice and that that daily time that you take to fill your own cup, which 
sets the trajectory of your whole day, the light within you will be dim. And mm. my my teacher, Guru Jagat, that passed away in August this year, she used to use this beautiful expression, Aaron. She would say, when you do this devotional practice or any practice, it doesn't have to be kundalini yoga. It could be qigong or tennis or walking the dog on the beach mm. doesn't have to be kundalini yoga but you and i both know how powerful and beautiful the practice is but she used to say when you have this sadhana this daily practice it's like taking out the filament from a light bulb that might be 10 watt and replacing it with a 30 watt filament mm. and your wattage your inner light it's strong, it's amplified. So why are the kundalini yogis so radiant? Why do we emanate and generate this light? It's it's because of this this dedication and this discipline and this fantastic practice that focuses on all ten bodies. Mm. You, we can spot them a mile away, can't we? Mm. Oh, I absolutely agree. You know, some of the most beautiful people that I've ever met are, are practitioners of this. And, you know, some... some some people that, that, that many of the listeners may know, like Russell Brand and um, you know, many famous people have sort of come to this practice now and it's really helped um, you know, shift them uh, from what their belief systems you know, once were. And um, uh, you know, they are, they're, they're vibrating at a higher level now than, than they ever have and they're feeling younger than they ever have and so forth just because they're showing up on a daily basis um, you know, and being able to provide themselves with nourishment and, and the skills... Um, uh, that, that are sort of developed and, uh, through these practices that can actually like just get everything working as, as it should because I just think when we when we wake up as guys primarily we have you know cortisol uh, imbalances if we can recognize that and then start to you know, bring that back into alignment again same with women when we have menstrual cycles and or when you have menstrual cycles and those sorts of things um, you know to be able to recognize that uh, and then sort of help that sort of um, become um, you know, more uh, easily managed through some of these practices um, um, is really amazing. And, you know, I, I talk about andropause with guys like between, you know, ages of 40 and 50, how we have sort of this real hormonal thing going on with us, you know, that can be managed a lot better if we do practices like Kundalini, which can help you know, keep us more level, I suppose, too. And, um, you know, the, the body, as you know, Kylie, is changing every seven years, and we don't sort of seem to appreciate and understand that in, um, in Western society. And, and these are some of the tools uh, that Kundalini Yoga teaches because it actually like shows you what happens uh, on a timeline and, um, you know, how you can... Uh, you know, vibrate at a higher level as you keep aging, I, I, I suppose, which is something which isn't, um, you know, probably known uh, in modern society. Yes, and it, it also inspires me to, to mention on that note, Aaron, for your listeners, that some of the objections that people have for trying something new, and especially yoga, any type of yoga, is... I'm not flexible. Yeah. And it dissuades them from, from trying something new. And actually, we, we don't do a lot of the typical hatha or vinyasa postures in the kundalini tradition. It 
we still move. We, we're still doing postures or asanas, but uh, it's it's a different type of movement. And I've had males come to classes. One was a former soccer player that was now a truck driver. Oh. So from soccer, his ankles and knees and hips were buggered, and now he's sitting for the majority of his day every day mm. driving trucks. Yeah. So he was very, very reluctant to come and he'd said to his wife, I'm just not flexible. And I made a joke at the start of the class and I said, it, it actually isn't for the flexible, it's for the willing. If you're willing to be here, you'll get something out of it. Mm. So I would encourage all of your listeners to at least try something. I don't run. I always say, if you see me, you're a fantastic runner, but I, I would say to you, if you ever see me running, you should run too because <laughs> there's something really bad coming. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. Like it's, yeah, oh God. We're all, we're all sort of self-dating ourselves with something, aren't we? Oh, I'm probably not a very good dancer, but uh, I could probably be a better dancer if I had the tools to learn how to dance properly or I had the willingness to be able to learn, you know? I suppose that's the power of Kundalini Yoga and its essence is it actually like shifts those blockages of that doubt, um, you know? It actually gives you the confidence to be able to look at new things with courage rather than sort of that, that self a doubting belief system which I guess many of us have and, and that's sort of been ingrained over many years and sort of reconditioned consistently you know because we've never been able to give uh, be given the solutions and tools to be able to help us move forward mm-hmm. there's so much beauty and victory in just trying something new and getting out of your comfort zone and again I think that we really do have a lot to be grateful for with COVID I can think of many many examples I'm sure you can I'm sure your listeners can that where we've moved outside the square we've we've been forced and COVID I mean corona means crown and Mm. and I was informed over 12 months ago by one of my teachers it's this is going to force us in and up it's Mm. for our personal transformation it's for our benefit go with it the Mm. longer you resist the more it will persist and you will you will be persecuted go with it go in and up and so i would be really encouraged and i've loved seeing other people try new things over the last two years Mm. no friends have said i've always wanted to do something else and now's maybe a good time and and i can't support them anymore i think it's fantastic Mm, yeah yeah well said i I agree and it's 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 actually like really you know making people rethink their lives and what's important to them and you know maybe maybe trying something new that uh, that can add value to them and help help their health and wealth and their um you know their physical and mental well-being and uh, you know if we, we can put that time into ourselves everyone benefits you know it's not just us as individuals because if you find something in a practice or something that you're doing that brings a smile to your face then that helps you smile from the inside out doesn't it and, and everyone you know sees that and uh, you know there's enough enough you know traumas and so forth that have gone on in our lives and so forth that we we get stuck in but um, if we can break those cycles and those blockages of sort of falling back into the old way of thinking consistently and 
you know, do things that are, that are new, as you said, um, can really help divert things. And if we do that repetitively, then all of a sudden it becomes part of us. And that part of us can, you know, continue to get better and better as we age. There's, there's no limitations with regards to that. Imagine being this stage of our lives, Aaron, and being bored. Well, that's, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, you know, we're only six months apart. I, I challenge you to, we're going to have the same podcast when we're just about to turn 80. And, and, it's a uh, date. Yeah, there we go. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make a commitment for that right now. Um, and then we're going to have the conversations about basically what we do um, to, not, to not, you know, uh, get bored, but also to be able to find those consistent challenges. Because I think if you can do that, the aging cycle, um, you know, ch- um, changes a lot. Like my, my dad, as you know, is in a nursing home and, and just that, that boredom, uh, I suppose, was the real thing for him that really um, knocked him about uh, into, um, you know, escalating his dementia and so forth because um, he wasn't able to be stimulated by, by new challenges. And I just think we've, we've got it so wrong here in... Um, in Western society, it's all about comfort, but really you need to find, you know, getting out of your comfort zone consistently, um, you know, through challenges, but also things that are new, which can help your growth. Otherwise, we sort of go the other way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. So I know uh, I know we're mindful of time, so I really appreciate uh, all your wisdom, and I'd like you to, uh, to let listeners know how they can get hold of you and maybe reach out to you i think you do a bit of one-on-one stuff but you also got some amazing products that you uh that you sell through your business white snake yoga i do thank you so much so i mostly teach on the gold coast and pre-covid i was doing some pop-ups and master classes around the countryside but um maybe one day when border restrictions and travel opens up more and more which will be next year hopefully I'll, I'll get to travel around more mm-hmm. and I would love to come up to your area and do the gong bath and the kundalini yoga class that we've spoken about many many times mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. but yes I do teach privately uh, there's a link on the whitesnakeyoga.com.au website where people can get in touch with me regarding that and who I work with privately it's varied it, it just depends who who is needing what I my uh, student mix is, is very broad, Aaron. But I also encourage people to attend the group classes. They don't don't have to be mine, but if there's a Kundalini yoga teacher in their area, I would really encourage them to attend those because you just can't beat the group energy. Mm, agree. Yeah, that's what I miss up here. You know, uh, I really do. Like I, I'm teaching um, up here, but I don't. I'm, I'm able to go to a a setting where you're in that group energy, you know, and just participating, it's so powerful. Yeah. It really is. And, and, and are you nourishing yourself by going and getting some people to support you? Yes, and, and I still go to, I still attend as a student other teachers' classes because it's, it's beautiful to fill my own cup too. I, I have 
a solo practice that I have every day in my sadhana at home, but I also attend other teachers' workshops and classes. And I think it's really important. And I just love that group energy. Mm. And may I say... Uh, kudos to you for being a male in the kundalini world i i love it so much and we need more males in the kundalini world and from a female's experience in a group environment having the brothers there in the room with the sisters it means so much Please don't ever underestimate how much it means to the females or the sisters that the the males, the brothers, are there. We love it. Really appreciate that. It's um, you know, just getting off track. I looked at the Kaitans website before and it had a photo of me on the front page, <laughs> and, ah. and me and another guy and about twenty women. Um, uh, you know, so. It took me a lot of courage. Well, you know, not so much that, but I was comfortable to go into that practice. Um, uh, and I was wearing a white turban in the photo, mind you, um, co- coincidentally. But, um, but yeah, look, you know, I, I never felt intimidated by, by going into an all-female environment. You know, I just felt that that was part of me that I'd never tapped into. And that was, um, that was I wouldn't say more difficult, but it probably was a little bit more confronting than, than lifting um, a couple hundred kilos doing a deadlift or doing, you know, your, your 20th chin-up or something like that, you know. Um, that gives you a quick a quick uh, high and an accolade you've achieved something, but if you can go into an environment where you're uncomfortable per se, but also to be able to, you know, be at ease in that environment, uh, I think it's really important. But... Yeah, you're right. I'm really grateful that you said that because, you know, it was a little bit challenging sometimes being one of the only males, um, you know, in a, in a group setting um, too. But, you know, now I don't have an issue with that at all. I just think we're just all human beings in an environment and, and you know, sharing an experience uh, together rather than um, you know, being separated, uh, you know, as a male or a female. We're all actually like doing the one thing to give ourselves, um, uh, you know, the ability to be able to do uh, to feel, uh, you know, better through these practices, but also to be able to take that out into the world. And, and that's where, you know, getting into a group, like you said, is, is so beautiful and important. It really is. And I can tell you that the women are, are always look up to the males that, that are doing this work because it is brave, it's important, it's very necessary. And to see a male doing the work, it's very admirable and very inspirational. And not all women have seen a lot of that in their lives. Mm, that's true. That's, that's really well said. And, um, yeah, you're right. The, the, the perception a woman has of a man um, may be dominated by the masculinity primarily. And, you know, it's really interesting. That's another pod- podcast in itself, you know, what attracts a woman to a man, uh, in your 20s, 30s and so forth, but what actually attracts a woman to a man as you get older. And, um, mm. yeah, I see, I see really nice young, young people that have got a, a, a beautiful relationship because they're real conscious and self-aware about themselves. And I, mm. I think that's one of the faults that we have as humans. We, we get into a relationship and um, we don't really understand much about ourselves for a start. Um, and we look, look outside ourselves for someone else for that happiness. But... Um, um yeah if you if, like if you are um you know a woman and you're able to see 
something in yourself in another man and they, and they match you I think that's um, that's beautiful in its essence but um, um, yeah getting back to what you were saying before about being in a, in a female dominated environment having a male presence there um, yeah I'd never really thought of it like that but um, I just think it's um, yeah it's, it's really um, really really powerful to be able to have that mix you know uh, as well and it's it's the same as, you know, male-dominated um, pursuits. Uh, to be able to have women come into those um, modalities just changes the, the vibration and the balance um, altogether. And, and I think things are actually really changing, Kylie, because, uh, um, you know, when I was a young guy and a lot of the rural rural um, communities, are, you know, very much this is a woman's thing, that's a man's thing. But just, you know, we've got to break down those barriers sometimes and, and bring things together and, and then we can start to really understand ourselves better as, as human beings rather than, you know, um, you know, being separated at the end of the day. We, we want more community. We, we desire it. We yearn it. And we're always seeking balance. And one of my favourite experiences in class was having the males chant one recitation of a, yeah. a particular mantra and then the females we did this tantric mantra mm. where it was first the male and then the female and then the male and then the female and at the end of this beautiful mantra um, both sets of voices merged yeah. and it created the most beautiful harmonic alliance mm. and it's just a beautiful experience. So I think that we're, we're all in this together yeah. and, um, and we're all just walking each other home. That's my favourite Ram Dass quote. We're all just walking each other home. Yes. And it's just it's wonderful to see anybody doing the work, working on personal transformation and growth. And um, I encourage all your listeners to, to keep going. Yeah, well said, Kylie. That's... Um Really, really nice to hear, and um, yeah, there's so much more that we explore throughout you know uh, this conversation, and I'm sure we'll have many more about these particular things. And you touched on the nard there, and that's a whole podcast in itself. So um, mm. yeah, really grateful for your for your time, and I hope people um, you know maybe reach out to you and uh, uh, you know empower themselves by exploring Kundalini Yoga and uh, jumping on a few websites and checking it out. But I think you've got some great stuff on your own website too. So you know uh, if you want to reach out to Kylie or myself, I'm sure we'd be able to put you in the right direction so in finishing Kylie thank you very much for your time and um, yeah really grateful for you sharing your, your beauty and open, openly and honestly talking to us about you know your life and Kundalini Yoga and what it's been able to do for you um, in its essence so thank you oh it's my absolute privilege may the long time sunshine upon you all love surround you and the pure light within you guide your way on Satnam Satnam Thanks so much for joining in, guys. What an amazing lady. I really encourage you to reach out to whitesnakeyoga.com.au. Check out what Kylie does uh, and share her wisdom with others. Um, some really special things in Gissin Kundalini Yoga um, in general if you want to chase that up and, uh, and learn how to self-heal and all the good things that come with that. So 
If you'd like to reach out to me, support.backmind.com.au um, to more awesome guests coming along soon. So I really appreciate your support and um, look forward to your feedback. Cheers.